Hey guys, welcome back. It's been a while since we all got to sit down and chat here, or you listen to me talk over the microphone. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. It's pretty crazy. My initial goal for this podcast was to make it weekly. That does not seem sustainable at this moment. So after this podcast, it'll probably be another couple of weeks before I get another one going. Sorry for the delay, but you know, there's a lot going on right now. But that being said, I'm excited for this episode. You guys have been asking for video versions of the podcast, which are now live on IGTV, the Photographer's Journey podcast, or on YouTube, Red Focus Entertainment. That's my personal YouTube channel where I post my B-roll videos and other stuff like that. And on this latest episode, I introduced a second camera angle, so you no longer are stuck with just that wide angle. You finally get to see the guest. So that's super exciting. That's kind of all my updates. Hope you guys are staying safe. And, you know, let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Photographer's Journey Podcast. Today I'm out here, I guess on location, more at your house, um, with Shandy Gregg. It's great to meet you. First time I've actually met you. I've seen your work on Instagram. You know, I don't see a need for a long intro because I know you guys don't stay for that part. You jump ahead. (laughs) I can see it in the analytics. But, um, yeah, so let's just jump into it. You're a family photographer, wedding photographer. Um, seniors, I guess it's like high school portraits. Mm-hmm. Um, it says product lines on your LinkedIn. Yeah, it was an accident. Well, no. I do actually, I, I do some. some? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's not your. Yeah, that's not really a specialty. Actually, I did a product shoot yesterday for a friend. Okay. Um, but it's not something that I feel too comfortable in. That makes sense, you know. Yeah, I got it's, you. Yeah. It's an we all have our thing. specialties. Yeah. So we'll get into more of that a little bit later, but. I guess we'll start off, um, you just talked about, I, I know you and some other people went to that SpaceX launch, yes. and you drove all the way there, is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And nothing happened? Nothing happened. That's the second time I've done that. Actually, we drove, that was a 10 years ago, when was, the, I think that's how long ago, was when the, the last space shuttle launched. We drove over was there, it, and it, got, it, it got canceled, and we missed it, and um, so this one, I'm not a huge science nerd but I, you know, I have friends that went with us at R and so you know they're not just let's go on a road trip and just see if we can catch it again and, and um, I happen to have some friends that live over by Titusville so I called them I'm like where's a good spot to go and it was good we got in there and we had plenty of time we were set up on the park and but you could see the storms coming in you knew yeah. it's it probably going to get canceled and um, when it did we tried to you know get out of there quickly but the traffic was it was terrible from a photographer's perspective perspective what does that feel like to be so excited for a shoot or to go get this like one picture whether it be a space shuttle or a landscape sunrise yeah you know i mean use space as as an an example i um i don't really have long telephoto lenses and so to go over there and you know take picture we were i think i measured we were nine miles away we could see the the actual launch site across the river and I just happened that my cousin gave me some old vintage lenses and I bought an adapter and one of them was a 200 millimeter so I adapted on my Sony A6500 which is crop sensor so it gives it a little more range oh, probably like 320 yeah. or so and but it's manual focus you know so I wasn't I wasn't um, I didn't have high expectations <laughs> what they were going to look like um, I was kind of envious because standing around I saw some photographers with some Really those large lenses, zoom lenses and, you know, yeah. they, uh, probably four or six hundred millimeter lenses, and you know those yeah. are quite expensive. You know, I, I did look up some 
launched pitchers before I left. And so, you know, there was a part of me that would like to get some of those nice ones, but that's just, it's not what I normally run. But it's fun going over there. You know, as far as other things, I mean, it's exciting to get up. When I first started photography, I, I, it was, when I first started, like, really getting into photography about six years ago, I bought a Nikon D5500 at Best Buy, a kit lens, and uh, it took me a while to convince my wife was to let that, me get it. The kit lens was detachable? Yeah, okay. it was like an 18 to 55, 45 yeah. to 5.6 lens, and, um, I, you know, I, I just felt like I'd always, everywhere I'd gone, I, I, I could see things differently, you know, I would always this looks like it would be a cool picture kind of mentality. So I, I, I told my wife, I'm like, I want to get a camera. And she's like, it's, you know, the, the common argument. It's too expensive. It's a waste of money. You're going to use it once. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna use, and so, you know, I, you know, I was looking back in my garage one day, and I had some pictures from me as a kid all the way through in the military, and I'd had boxes of pictures. And so I realized, I'm like, I've always been taking pictures. I just never, I never, you know, saw that, as equated that as being an actual photographer. I just had a love for pictures, and so that strengthened my argument a little bit more. <laughs> just, yeah. So I went back, and I'm like, listen, I, I really want this camera, and um, didn't know anything about cameras, didn't know what time to get, and um, so I got the one on sale, and it went from there. So I had that, you know, when I, I'd go out, I was so excited. You know, everywhere it was like an opportunity to take a picture. Yeah. Everything became exciting sunset sunrises you name it weather I, I didn't take pictures of anything I didn't care you know you know you build your confidence and move up from there and then from there you probably upgraded to another camera well you know my point. next one was a Nikon D7100 and I was excited because then I got like a 70 to 300 lens and I bought it used off Craigslist and uh, then I thought I was a wildlife photographer you know <laughs> so I went through that phase, and you know, um, I have some actually really interesting pictures. My front window, we had a, uh, a bird feeder out front, and the squirrels would get on it. So I'd sit in my living room and oh, take so pictures through the front up. window. Nice, and you can be in the AC yeah, for that. I can be inside. And uh, then my next camera was a Nikon D610. That was my first full frame camera, and then I felt like I was a professional. You know, <laughs> that's a natural progression uh, of the full frame. Yeah. And, uh, and then I went to the D750, and I just, these were all bought used. I would just, you know, find good deals online, and then, you know, get lenses throughout the way. And then that was about the time Sony started getting big. I just, you know, one day, I don't know why, I just sold all my Nikon gear, bought a Sony A7, A7, that's my first Seven. one. I still have it, you know, in there. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, just went from there. Bought 35 millimeter lens and 85 millimeter, which, is you know the basis for doing a lot of portrait and wedding photography that's the two you know if you like primes yeah and then uh two years ago i bought a sony a7 III. i pre-ordered that when it came out i still use that a lot that's my current setup no, it's pretty simple now simple i just have those yeah. two and then i got a like a 28 to 75 tamron uh nikon 16 to 35 or, i'm sorry a sony 16 35 not the g master just the uh, f4 and um, some old vintage lenses I started playing around with. It's great for cinematography too. If you, mm -hmm. you, oh, is you it? talked about getting into video, I mean, oh, I definitely. It's a way to make that. your footage look a little more aged, right? like it's not okay. so sharp. And yeah, I have to remember that. And you're talking about your box of pictures of you in the Navy, right? Yeah. So you served for. I, I was in the Navy years. for four years. Okay. I uh, went in 
like three days after I graduated high school. Oh, so yeah. it was just straight. It was straight. I had to. I was, I was a really, really bad kid. Uh. <laughs> and it's a long story how I went in, but uh, I didn't really know my dad growing up a lot, and I lived with him this summer before my senior year because I was kind of uh, in between homes, and um, he made me go down and join. And so then I thought. I was, so for my whole summer, my whole senior year, I was basically delayed entry program, and then I, you know, I didn't want to go in, but I thought if I didn't, they were gonna throw me in jail, which wasn't the truth. But so um, then I went in, and it was a truck. It was a rough transition. Like I was, I was in trouble a lot my first couple of years in the military. It took a lot of growing up, um, but you know what? It was a great, great, great thing. It was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because it, it allowed me to grow. Um, like if you would look back and. And, you know, my friends that I'm still friends with from high school now still can't believe that I'm actually a teacher or, because I was that kid in <laughs> high school the, who, the trouble kid who was is. always in trouble and misguided and, and, you know, doing stupid things. I didn't, I hated going to school. And so that, you Same. know, the military allowed me to grow up a little bit. And yeah. when I was in, a buddy of mine gave me an old film camera. I don't even remember what it was now. And, um, but I have some pictures in a box like we were, I went to Desert Storm. I was in Desert Shield and then went back to Desert Storm. Oh, so we were going through the Suez Canal um, into the Red Sea, and I had pictures of, like, you know, the, the sand and people walking through. I mean, so I just took all random pictures back then. And it wasn't like now where you can just go in and edit a thousand of them easily. You know, it was actually the film. You had to go get it processed. And, but looking back, yeah, I was like, wow, I actually took a lot of pictures back then. I must not remember that. I need to get, you know, I've had a lot of hobbies in my life, but that one was the one that really kind of inspired me to get up in the morning and go do something, you know, or... Or go out in the evening and try to catch a cool sunset. Yeah, that's important. You need to have yeah. that motivation. Yep. And so after the Navy, you transferred into being a behavioral specialist in well, schools? Well, I, um, after I got out of the Navy, well, yeah, right after I got out of the Navy, I was living in Jacksonville. and. Okay, cool. I went to school in St. Augustine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I lived in St. Augustine. I was in and out of St. Augustine for a while. And um, I... Uh, I came up here on vacation one weekend and met my wife at a baseball game. <laughs> and it was history. From there, I ended up moving here. I was failing miserably in college. I was still not very mature when I came out of the Navy. And uh, I was bartending, and which is a bad career for young people because it was just too much alcohol and too much money. And um, yeah. so when I met my wife, I, I think I was taking four or five classes. I was failing every one of them. I was at um, Florida Community College in Jacksonville. Okay. And so I moved here with her after dating for a while, and I started bartending here in Seminole. And I basically just had, you know, her dad told me, he's like, you're going to have to grow up at some point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. You're right. And so I started going to St. Pete Junior College then, and, um, you know, just stopped playing around. And then my wife got pregnant with our son, and so I really had to grow up then. So I went to USF got my degree in behavior disorders and um, started teaching ESE students basically. So I taught for a, I taught for four years and then about six years and then became a behavior specialist now. Oh wow. And so what does that kind of entail? I mean I guess we, I could guess what behavioral specialist well, is. Well basically it's you're just a coach you know and so if there's a, a kid having problems in a classroom, you got to go in and, and you know your in your end goal is to make sure the kid's not missing instruction. So you know the easy thing to say is well the kid's just being bad, 
but you know that, that's not it's not ever that easy it's sometimes it's the teacher sometimes it's a bad mix of the student and the teacher sometimes it's a mix of the kids around so you have to really investigate and figure out like why is this kid not in class when they need to be and you know coming from my background I was never in class I, I fully understand it's taken me years but I've built those relationships you know and I, I speak everybody's language I'm like I I understand what you're going through I went through it you know and look at me you can be successful you just yeah. have to give yourself time you know kind of you know, I mean, take time figure out what you want to do you do and um, you know that my biggest push in because I'm in high school now is you know not all of our kids need to go to college right off the bat I didn't there's no way I'd have made it out of college and we need you know push more trades for our kids get them into plumbing and AC and whatever you know I mean there's there's a lot of money to be made there it's an honest career. I completely agree with that. If you're not on the track to do a certain thing, or you're not passing this testing, then you're not worthwhile. You know. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids who leave could have diplomas because they didn't pass a test, and, and but they still could be a productive citizen. In it. But without that diploma, they can't. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it's it's a thing that the system has to fix. So kind of jumping ahead. So you've been doing the behavioral specialist for like 10 years, and on your LinkedIn it says you're. Assistant principal now? So. I, I was an assistant principal, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I did it for six years. I went and got my master's in ed leadership and uh, educational leadership. And uh, I was assistant principal at an alternative high school over in Clearwater. And uh, it was, it was, a, it was a great time. Like it, the problem is it takes a toll on you. You don't realize, I mean, I, well, I've lost most of it now. I gained almost 50 pounds. I was very unhealthy, um, stressed. I didn't, you know, you talk about photography being a hobby and being fun. I didn't do any of that. I didn't take any more pictures. I mean, you basically just let go of all the fun things in life. <laughs> it's and kind you're of, just job focused all the time. So you're just at work. It's a very cutthroat kind of job. And, you know, moving on from that back to what I used to do has been the biggest blessing because, you know, now I spend more time on me. Like, you know, I went for a 27-mile bike ride this morning. You know, I, That's, I, I, I'm trying to be healthy and be happy. Yeah. And I am there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it took me a little bit, but I got back to where I needed to be. That's but a good. lot of people don't realize that. You know what I mean? Like, you can get positions where, and I, I know people very personally that are like this, that they sacrifice their health for their work. And uh, it's, it's a tough road once you, once you start letting the doctors take over for you. Yeah, it's that's always been a that. tough balance. I'm very much a workaholic. Yeah. So I'm always editing or doing something on the weekend. But you work out a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed. And so in college, I would run all the time, work yeah. out, do stuff on, like, dips and push-ups yeah. off the benches and stuff. Never really a normal gym. Yeah, when I was that healthy, that's when I was, like, had the hustle and drive. And you're creative. And so after college, I just kind of lost that drive on like you know yeah, everybody I disperses it fully, yeah i went through it four years ago i went to the doctor and i weighed 252 my doctor told me that um, i'm on my way to being a diabetic my blood pressure was out of control i mean all the numbers that they do blood work on were uh way out of whack and so and i've had my doctor for probably 24 years now for a long time and so you know she's very frank with me and she said i'm gonna give you three months to fix it on your own or I'm going to take over and so I just took it as a challenge I said alright and I just started um, I mean, not making major changes I'm not like a keto person or you know 
I just yeah. started. I only drink water. I don't drink sodas or tea or anything. Um, and I just started finding exercises that I could relate to or I like doing. I don't. I can't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I can't sit there for an hour and pump weights. But you know, I've got to the point where I can do bike rides and I enjoy that. So you yeah. know, I've learned if I ride 10 miles away, then I have to ride 10 miles yep. home. <laughs> so you know that. And then I've, I've networked with people who ride also. And so this morning I did a group ride. It was all veterans. And, uh, okay. and we do every Thursday and every Thursday night and every Saturday morning. That's cool. So the camaraderie helps too. Like, yeah. you know, Thursday night I wasn't really feeling like going, but I knew the group was there. So like, you know, it, that entices you to exercise a little more. Yeah. I enjoyed aspects of CrossFit. I was not that level of an athlete though. And, you know, very inspiring people in that gym. Like they were all super nice. But it didn't matter what, and I saw you doing Murph the other day or whatever. Yeah. It didn't uh, matter what activity you're doing, I was always the last place guy, right? And so, it's, you know, you can always tell yourself, like, oh, I'll get better. But when you never move up the board, it's a little demoralizing after a while. And yeah, I, I did that. get, I got fit, you know, and it was hard and it was, it was tough. Um, but I ended up hurting my back at one point. I just never went back after that. Now you're back to biking. Just biking, yeah. And I, uh, actually, I, it's crazy. I just got hit by a car, like right on the. I was going here, to like, ask like two uh, weeks. I, I mean, about, about a month I, and a half ago. I couldn't find anything. I was like, I know somebody said they got hit. Yeah. And I think it was. You. It was right. It was uh, a block away. I just got done with the 30 mile bike ride, and um, I rode down the beach, and then I was coming down the sidewalk here, and there was a guy sitting at the stop sign, and, and it was, you know, I, I thought he saw me, and I went to go in front of him, and he didn't see me. He just accelerated. And uh, I looked like he hadn't been going that fast, but it. It did knock me into traffic, which thank goodness, thank God the COVID thing was going on because nobody was on the road and I didn't oh, get hit by anybody. You know, so I, I thought I saw. Did you post you did go to the ER for that? I did. Yeah, it's I, I got my knees were scraped up and my hands were scraped up and I still have. I don't know if I must have broke a bone or something in there. I never. I didn't get it X-rayed, but at, um, for the most part, I was fine. Okay. It just I landed and slid. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been way worse. From my timeline, I remember seeing somebody posted that. And then, like, the next weekend you posted, uh, you know, did another 20-mile bike ride. I'm like, well, this dude was just know, in the hospital. I did, once I kind of, everything healed up, I mean, I, nothing was broken. So I was like, I'm, I can't lose the momentum I've been carrying. You know? Yeah. Because I know me, if I stop doing it for a while, I'll probably stop doing it even longer. So I got to, it's just this forceful thing of getting on there and keeping going. Yeah, so I'm curious. I do, I'm getting back into bike riding because... Running is, takes an impact on my legs yep. after a while. Um, has nothing to do with photography, but you you said you do those groups. I've always been curious how you stay in pace and like you make sure you're not that idiot that's going to make everybody <laughs> crash. Because I know I, that would be. I'm me. no professional by any means, and sometimes I think like I'm the worst person in the group because. But I, you're not. You, you just you think you are. But you know, so you know when you're in a group, basically if you're doing two by two, which some groups do. You just get behind the person in front of you and you stay that, that pace that they're going. That's really hard to do because, like, I lose focus and I'll be looking <laughs> over here and then the guy slowed down and I slam on my brakes and it makes everybody else, you know, so I am that guy at times. Oh, so that's yeah. why sometimes I'll ride, I'll ride in the very back so I don't have to pay attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can stare at all the other things and if I do something wrong, it doesn't affect everybody. But really, I, knock on wood, I haven't had a problem in a group yet. You just basically get in there and watch what everybody else is doing and... And, and don't, you know, and what happens is usually on an organized group, you know, the front two people will pull off 
they just rotate through, so you're not always doing all the pulling. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I do a lot of riding by myself though, a lot. So it. Okay. It's a great group. Like they. Um, it's just a very welcome group. Like I said, mostly all veterans, and um, every year there's a, a ride called the uh, Honor Ride, and so it's the money goes to help wounded veterans, and it's uh, oh, that's awesome. usually February. They ride out of the truck, and they have like a 20 mile ride, a 40 mile ride, and a uh, 60 mile ride. I'm gonna pause this there to restart the camera. Um, yes, I got a psychology. Went for psychology, and after that first semester, I re realized they had a media production department, uh -huh. which was like my dream was to make video into a hobby. Oh, good. So I just started there and bothered literally everybody. There was the club night. I was like, "Do you need a video guy? I can make the video." <laughs> but that's how you do it. Yeah. That's the hustle right there. Yeah, uh, and you know, I was just so. That's how you learn. I was just so energetic. That's how I was when I started with photography, but I didn't bother other people. I just watched every YouTube video I could find. Like, I, I would just obsessively sit there at night and watch YouTube videos. And then I would learn, like, see, I got I got lucky, too, when I first started on photography. I, I started in manual mode. I, and when a lot of people will start in the program modes and have to mm -hmm. work their way out, I just had read an article about it as soon as I bought my camera. And I just, I got lucky, it clued me in. So I just started learning more about aperture and, and, and shutters. And, and so the learning curve, once I got that part, wasn't as steep. But, you know, I would, like right now, I'm on this editing kick, you know, and I sat here this morning. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning. I don't normally wake up that early, but I woke up, and I'm just sitting there watching. And, I, you know, I've used Lightroom for, I don't know, six or seven years now. However long it's been out, six years, how long I've been editing, and I still don't know everything about it, you know. And so I, I've sat here this morning watching videos on how this certain person edits in Lightroom and how this certain person edits in Lightroom. And so then I go back, and I find old pictures that I've taken, and I re-edit them. And I look back to see, like, wow, that, that looks so much more amazing now. But it's sad yeah. because, like, I'll even do this on my Instagram feed. I'll look back, and I'm like, God, those pictures were terrible. Like, what was I thinking <laughs> to post that? Why didn't somebody tell me they were so bad? But that's a learning process, and that's why yeah. I love, like, I put all my pictures on, like, on Google Photos so I can go back and look, like, because I don't keep them in Lightroom. I usually erase my catalogs after a while. It just takes too much space. I don't need them all. Um, yeah, I just re-imported all my pictures from Brazil in 2016, oh, and it kept all the edits on there. Oh, that's so cool. I, there's some technology back there. Well, I, I accidentally erased a catalog two months ago, and it had 18,000 pictures on it. And I, I don't know how I did it. Still, I was, I had to call a friend of mine. I'm like, I think every one of my pictures are gone from it was from last year. And at first, I kind of freaked out. Then I was realized, well, I have them stored other places. I don't, you know, I, I realized like when I do a photo session. Let's just say I shoot you and your family. Yeah. Once I give you the pictures, I don't need them anymore. Me storing them doesn't really serve a purpose. You know, I mean, I'm just taking up space. And so, like I said, the one I'll take your your album and I'll I'll send you the one, but then I'll store one on Google Photos as well. And and that's all I need to do. You okay. Know? And so, but I do keep a couple, you know, here and there, just like for these re-edits, mm -hmm. because I always like to look back like, oh wow, like my thing lately is like these dark moody edits. You know what I mean? And, and so I've been learning how people are, are, are taking the pictures and, you know, how it just looks so drastically different. And, and so, you know, the, the tone curve is where a lot of my time has been spent lately. Yeah. Just relearning that, you know. I, I would tell anybody who does photography that to uh, never think that you're there. You know? 
That is the very biggest true. crime. Don't get comfortable. You know, yes. because the second you get comfortable too, that's kind of when you lose that motivation. Well, you get lazy. Yeah. And you and you get you lose motivation, and you you know what what happens is then it it progresses so quickly at times. Technology progresses quickly, and that you you, you don't realize how much it left you behind. And it, you know it's it's a tough field in certain ways because there's a lot of competition, and cell phones are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, know and anybody with a Snapchat filter or Instagram filter now it thinks they are professional. And when Snapchat came out with the face tracking, it just blew my mind. Like, yeah. As a visual effects artist, like you spend years kind of like learning how to do these like Isn't it crazy? tracking and this advanced program that costs a lot of money, and all of a sudden somebody. Because these dog ears on their face. Just imagine what it's going to be like in five more years. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. like I do real estate photography, too, and I do 3D tours, like 360 tours. I have a 360 camera. Okay. Could you imagine if somebody years ago would have told you you could have done it? Like, you, it would have been hard to envision that you could do that. So just imagine what it's going to be like in, in however many more years. You know, it's just, it's, it's tough. You, you always got to stay on top of your game. Yeah, and with mirrorless cameras, too. Yeah. Like, when I kind of took that stop and I was just video editing, you know, I was like, oh, let me get back into it. Yeah. And then you're like, what are all these cameras that everybody's <laughs> like? I'm like, I have my 5D Mark II, and that's what I know. And, you know, I had to kind of learn what all this mirrorless yeah. is. And Yeah, see, and I so. came in, I was really kind of learning as mirrorless came big. And that was a big jump. You know, I took, I did it because, well, actually, I, <coughs> I skipped out a step. Before I went to Sony, I went to Fuji. I had Fuji, a couple Fuji cameras, and I love. So this day, I love Fuji. The colors on Fuji are amazing, but they're crop sensor. They're not full frame. It's like uh, what four three crop something. Well, yeah, yeah, it's just a smaller sensor size, and so you know, instead of this kind of picture, you're gonna get, which isn't a bad thing. People do very well with crop sensor. Yeah. But in my mind back then, in order to be professional, you needed full frame, yeah. which is dumb, but it's. You know, in your infancy as a photographer, you think these things, you know. Just like you think you have to have the most amazing gear, and then I see people with kit lenses do amazing stuff. So, I mean, it really is how creative you are. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking about that earlier. With, like, so many people say, I want to start taking photos, taking mm -hmm. video, or I want to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. But they don't, and I ask them why, and it's like, you know, all I have is my phone. Mm -hmm. You've envisioned and, you know, the wrong thing. Yeah. You're not looking at your own creativity and what you can do with a minimal amount of Like, I may actually make that a YouTube episode. All I have is my phone. What can I do? Yeah, you should do that, actually. You know, with me with photography, you are saying you took a break. What I, I didn't realize is that I spent... When I started out in photography, I just did it for fun, right? And then people would come to me, and it's probably a lot of people's progression. It's like, hey, can I pay you to do this? And it blew my mind at first. I'm like... First, I thought, wow, I'm worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then I thought, well, wow, I can buy more gear, which is the wrong thing to think. <laughs> and so then I just started like, all right, yeah, I'll do this. And, you know, I would charge a friend $50. You know, $50, I'll do your family pictures, but they may not be the best, right? And then Fair. I learned how to get some off-camera flash. And I spent a lot of time investigating that and, 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 you know, and purchasing a lot of that. And then I spent, you know, I started growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And then... I started learning how to advertise on Google and, and, and reaching out past my... That was always my goal. I'm like, if I'm going to make money at this, i got to reach out past my inner circle. I want my inner circle to... You know okay. what I mean? Like, I want yeah. people to come to me that aren't friends. 
maybe they saw it through a friend, and that's where it grows. But word of mouth, you know. So now, you know, I have people like like on Google, they're they'll come into Madeira Beach for vacation, they'll look for photographers, and they'll reach out to me. That's where I, that was my next step of all right, I've made it. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah someone else from out of state thinks I'm good too, and. But I spent so much time doing that that I forgot to have fun. And I think a lot of people learn that. Like, I, I have a really good friend of mine that yeah. lives in New York, and I do a lot of um, photo editing for her. She's a huge real estate photographer in, in upstate New York. And we just networked online over the time we became really good friends. And so she brought me in and taught me her editing style and mentored me a lot. But I was telling her one day, I'm like, you know, it's sad that I can't remember the last time I took a picture for fun. And I'm like, am I losing the love of it? Or is that just, did I kind of get caught up going down the wrong road, you know? And so lately, it's just been, I mean, I still do the portrait and people come to me on there, but I just try to focus more. And I use my phone a lot now, too. Yeah. Is you that what, I saw the recent one with the girl sitting down had the lights around. Was that more Oh, that was right in my garage, too, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that more of a fun one for you, or is that a... Well, you know what it was? It's my neighbor's daughter down the street. And, oh, okay. Uh, She's been my model over the years, you know, uh, whenever I need somebody to practice. So I'll, sometimes I'll contact her like, hey, you know, I got an idea. Let's go practice. Yeah. And so basically what I did is I cleared out my garage. I moved all my stuff to my shed out back, and I made my garage a photo studio, a, a mini photo studio, yeah. the best I could. And so I had some ideas of some things I wanted to try with her, and, and it actually turned out amazing. Like, wow, it's a, such a small space, and that's what you need to do a video on. Like, you don't need a huge studio. You can just have a little bit of space and some creativity, and that's where the fun kind of came back into yeah. it. Instead of like, you know, somebody calling me and I want a family picture, and you know, it's just the same, all right, I'm gonna get there and we'll do these poses. This was me really trying to break out and like, all right, I have this space and these lights, what can I get out of this? And you know, on Amazon, they had those little, their lights were like $6, little LED lights. I'm oh, like, little yeah, tube they're just a little strip of LED yeah. light. And so we just started playing with them and actually, quite a few of those photos was a 60 year old 50 millimeter lens that I played around with you know you know what I mean so it, and actually when I put it on my a6500 it makes it more like an 85 millimeter and uh, so I sat in the back of my garage and we held the string and we played around with it you know and so that was exciting because it was being creative yeah, you know? yeah. and not that doing family pictures aren't creative but they're all kind of the same it's kind of the same process they're kind of the same remember, process yeah. and so you have to learn to instill that creativity back in, or you probably will lose it after a while. Like you'll just lose the, the drive. Yeah, to... that was kind of, that was one of the ideas behind this podcast, too. Yeah. You know, I was kind of doing the same thing over and over. Okay, I go in St. Pete, take street photos. You, you run out of ideas. So I, I do, was like, I do that, too, sometimes. When I, when, I, when I want to be different, I will go take street photos. But I hate going out by myself. And so I'll contact people, like, hey, you want to go, you know, anybody, but I don't know a ton, I mean, I know some local photographers, but I don't know them that well. Yeah. But I can just call them up, like, hey, you want to go there? I think what excites me the most is this time of year is lightning photos. Like, I I've love, seen so many posts. love lightning photos. In the last couple of years, I didn't do it. But see, now my job's changed. I have the summer off. This will be my first summer off in eight years. Like, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I have everything ready, and... I don't know if you ever, uh, you know Justin Battles. He's I, he's I don't know the name. he's a big big lightning guy. He does wildlife and online too. But he he inspired me way back in the day. He he actually was big like a Fox 13. They did a whole thing on him. And that man does some time. He's like a firefighter in Tampa. And he travels 
all over the state getting lightning photos. And so I just reached out to him on Facebook. I'm like, hey, you know, can I, uh, you know, ask you some questions? He was so cool. He's like, yeah. try this and this and this. And I met some other, I'd go out to Gandy and I met a couple other people. Josh Harrington's one guy. Um, you know, I just network and I'm not afraid to talk to people. And so I just get out there and learn from other people now. But lightning and storm photos, love them, love them, man. That's, that's what excites me, I guess. And I bought a lightning trigger a few years ago. That's the best investment ever. I set that thing on my camera, and if it gets bad, I just go sit in my car. I'm like, I'm not getting struck by lightning. I don't want the pictures that bad. But, you know, it's nice because a storm would be rolling in at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm going. In the beach, and we're only a mile from the beach, so I usually always run down there to Reddington or Madeira and try to catch them as they're moving offshore. That's just a personal thing, you know. I mean, I don't think I'd ever sell a lightning picture or want to try, but... I enjoy looking at them. Yeah. yeah. And they're fun. It's it's like a chase, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... What's funny with sunsets, and I was telling somebody this a while back, is I said, I felt like I lose my creativity with sunsets because I've taken so many. Like, I don't... I guess I was bored with it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that was always my go-to. Like, I, I, I drive down to the beach, catch a sunset, <laughs> go to the beach. I mean, I could do that all day long, but I'm not really pushing myself. I'm yeah. not learning anything. That's what happened with the St. Pete skyline. I'm like, yeah. cool. Got a really good one printed out for my grandma. They all look the same. Gift, and I'm like, they all look the same. Well, all right, time to switch it up. You know, recently I just did a, a helped to do a, a, an ad for a boat company that a, a buddy of mine bought. And, I saw those um, pictures. This looked really yeah, good. Yeah, it was. You know what? They asked me to come out on this lake and shoot some pictures of the boats. I've never done that. I had no. I, I mean, I I know how to take pictures, and I know the out what the you know the sailing would be like. But I'm like, I don't know what. What do boat companies look for? You know what I mean? Like, what do people who buy boats look for when they buy a boat? And so I just did a little research, and we went out there and we took some pictures, and it turned out they turned out great. I was happy with them, and they were happy with them. I'm like, you know, and that may lead to something else down the road. You never yeah, know. Yeah, word of mouth. You can't be afraid to take chances. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I kind of have the same thing as you, where I started probably a year ago, maybe two by now, taking photography more seriously, posting once a week. I haven't been posting once a week now, but. You know, that's when people started going, hey, I do this. Can you take photos there of me? There you go. Uh, sure. And they're just like, what do you charge? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to say my prices. <laughs> um, Tell them, I don't know. I mean, listen, yeah. I had to figure that out. I never knew what to charge. And still to this day sometimes, it depends on what's going on with it. Like with this boat shoot, I'm like, I don't even know what I would charge for that, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, for videos, I'm more comfortable. But even then, it's, it's usually just me, so it's like, with the advertising side of I'm terrible at it lately. Like, I got very discouraged on Instagram for a long time. Still probably am a little. And that's why probably I don't post as regularly because I don't feel like I get the feedback on there like it used to be. Like, they changed the algorithm or something, and you don't get as many people seeing it or, or you, interacting you with it. You have to be posting it twice a week. So. And you have to be there a lot. And I don't always have that... I guess discipline to do it you know I don't think about it and yeah. so it, it, it gets frustrating because you know I post a picture where I thought was great and I'm like oh great 15 people liked it that's amazing that's, I, and I probably shouldn't even care I, but that's what that site's about you know uh, what yeah. I mean yeah. it is kind of just like I always go I don't I'm not about the likes and then I'm like yeah we are we you, all are. You, know, you said like you see I think one picture got 10 likes I'm like the other one got a hundred yeah I'm like, is this one that bad? I'd pass out if I got 100 likes. I wouldn't even want to do. Like, you know, and then I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it serious. I'm going to take Instagram serious. I'm going to see how many followers I can get. 
That didn't work either. Yeah, once you worry about that, then you go down the wrong So then, you know what? I just stopped caring about it. I mean, I don't say I don't care about it. I will post. I'm, I need to make a commitment to myself to post at least once a week. And I have the last couple weeks, so I give myself credit. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It doesn't really... You know, I guess it's not my main source of income, so I don't really spend that much time worrying about it. Okay, so you are still fully... I'm still a teacher, yeah. Teacher, right, and, and then photography's yeah. on the side. Okay, Photography's was... always been a side thing. Although, you know, it's funny because I, I think I made the revelation about a year ago that I think I could go full-time with it. Like, I've been busy, yeah. and I've been busy without trying. I mean, when I say that, I just do minimal advertising. Right, like, people come to you and, and, and you But, you know, it... I think when you start building your name, you get your reviews, and when, you know, so-and-so comes from out of town, and they look up photographer near me, and, you know, one guy has maybe four stars, the other has five, and, uh, you know, 100 reviews, they may be li more likely to go to you. And I still have people that contact me, like, what's your prices? I'm in town, and I'll tell them I never hear from them again. And then, you know, I have people that are like, all right, let's do it, you know? And I try to pride myself on when I interact with families or whoever's in town or whatever it is, that they just have a pleasant experience. You know, what they're great, you know, pictures that they're happy with. But I always tell them, like, I'll give you money back guarantee. Like, I'll be honest. If you're not happy with you, these pictures, I don't want you paying for them. And, Interesting. you know, I, I, because I think I'm way more focused on that, that aspect of them being happy than, you know, I am of me getting that money. That's a good way to look yeah. at it. And so I just tell people, like, you know, They'll, you know, they'll call me and say, you know, how long are we going to be there? I'm like, you know, generally we don't need more than about 45 minutes. I'm there two hours sometimes. Like, I'm going to do until we get every, especially with little kids. Oh. I had a bad, bad streak with little kids for a long time. <laughs> I've actually got back good with them. But, man, they wore me out. Little kids just wore me out for a while. And it's hard because the parent shows up. They have one thing in their mind. The kid has a completely different thing. And the frustration the levels. The kid doesn't even know a photo's going no, on. No, and but then the parents get mad. They yell. The kid cries. It ruins the whole thing. And I'm like, listen, relax. All right? We will take as much time as we need to get what we need to get done because we're going to be wasting our time anyway. So yeah. just give us enough daylight. That's all I ask. If we can show up with enough daylight, give me some stuff to work with, we'll, we'll figure it out. I like that, um, your whole concept, because I'm... Similar where somebody asked me if I can shoot something like mm -hmm. went to my friend's wedding last year He's like hey, can you set a camera on the tripod? But you know, I was up there with in the groomsmen yeah. I was like look I can't put a hundred percent of my effort into this. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you know, I don't want to yeah I have to set the camera up like that stand there and hope it's recording <laughs> and like when I did my first wedding um, It was for a friend and so we met before, and I said, listen, I'm, I'll only I'll charge a couple hundred bucks, you know. I said, but understand something, it's my first wedding. So I wasn't nervous about shooting the wedding. I was nervous about ruining their day. And I think if more people went into it with that mindset of, this is, this is not about me. I mean, it's about them. This is your special day. And that, that I think, is to me, is the nerve-wracking part of doing a wedding. You don't get do-overs. You know, it's not a portrait where you can read. You, you've yeah. you oh, got to hit focused, it, quit it, you keep it, yeah. moving on. And so that's where I, in that mindset I went into it. And I'm like, listen, I can't, if something messes up, I don't want the pressure of you being so disappointed. And they were so cool. They're like, no, listen, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, if it, and, and it turned out great. Now, it's funny. I look back on those pictures, and I don't think it was like five years ago was my first wedding. And I was like, oh, God. 
I should have done them so differently. But that's just me in my mind. Yeah. They loved them, and that's all that mattered, you know. And I've done, you know, more since. But I go into it every time with the same aspect of, you know, I'm a little more confident now, but at the same time, I just don't want to mess it up for you. And and I tell them, if, you know, I mean, like, listen, if we go in there and it doesn't work, I'm not going to start. I'll give you money back. Like, I just can't. I couldn't sleep at night knowing that I did that to you. And I hate it when I hear, like, these horror stories online about so-and-so photographer, you know, non-refundable. Like, I don't know if you saw this recently. The lady died, and the, the fiancé, the photographer wouldn't refund the money back to the fiancé. I did not She see died that. before the wedding. Oh, and my God. I'm thinking, like, what are you gaining out of that? Like, are you that desperate for your $250 deposit or whatever it was? That you, I mean, like, yeah. they're dealing with bigger things in life right now. Yeah, that's not so important. I've actually had a couple come here, and we did a photo shoot on the beach, and the kid didn't cooperate. We just went back the next night. I'm like, just meet me tomorrow night. We're going to get this shoot. Because <laughs> now I'm determined to get this kid, <laughs> yeah. all right? These kids are wearing me out. And we did. And But that reflects, is what I'm saying is, then they're very, very apt to leave you a nice review and to refer you to other people. And that's where it's at. You know, gotcha, and yeah. I want them going out and saying, oh, my God, the, the experience was amazing. The, the, the photos were great, but the experience was just equally as great. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but there's oh, this. Oh, I love TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I hate to admit that. I'm so addicted to TikTok. I got my it, wife addicted to it. It starts out so slow, but, you know, and then it builds some more of an addiction. But did you see the photographer on there? I don't know his name, I'm not going to call it out, yeah. but he, as a wedding photographer, you would relate, I guess, um, this couple is in their wedding stuff, he's getting their photos, and this other photographer runs up, he's like, hey, do you mind if we take five minutes and I take some photos of you uh, with my camera, and, and just like, uh, ran into this guy's shoe, and it's uh, like, he's I'm like, I'll send it to you, so and upset. the comments just... You know, ruin that guy. That's an a-hole move. I, I've never experienced that, thank God. I mean, I probably wouldn't be as polite, you know what I mean? But that's just me. It, I, it took some convincing with the photographer. Like, okay, fine, I guess. Why? Yeah. Uh, what are you trying to do? We're conducting a business here. Yeah. I mean, I had a run-in on the beach, on Indian Rocks Beach, with the police, with my neighbor and his daughter. And we were just doing a fun shoot. And someone called the police, and for whatever, because it was two grown men and a kid. And it could have been handled so differently but the officer responding was um he's very much a jerk and he he yelled at me like i was a child and so i i told him i don't need i don't i'm not under investigation for anything i haven't con committed a crime you i'm in the middle of a business transaction i need you to leave me alone and yeah. that made him more mad and so in the end i had to call the chief of police and they they were very nice they you know they what they apologized process, and i'm like i'm in the middle of doing something like if there was a crime committed or anything, you could have just easily come up and said a, to me, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of a photo shoot. Or if you had a speaker and it's like a noise violation or something. Yeah, anything. Yeah. But, but instead, he decides to haul us off the beach to do whatever. And I'm like, sir, there have to be more pressing things for you to deal with right now. Like, somebody obviously complained it was two men with a child. You walk up and see what we're doing. I can easily explain to you or show pictures on the camera of what we've been doing. And we can move on from that. But you didn't go that route. You decided to yell at us and demand things and scream, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a right and wrong way to go about yeah. things. But, not, you know, when he told me, I said, sir, I mean, it was exactly sunset. I'm like, sir, the sun is setting right now. Oh, and he said, uh, oh, you can come back tomorrow night. Huh. And I said, so you're telling me that it's going to be the same sunset? Or I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little confused by that statement. 
And then you got more mad. And I'm like, ah, oh, I need to be quiet. I'm going to end up going to jail yeah. for nothing. Uh, I handled it the right way because I did complain. I called and complained. I said, listen, I'm, I'm actually conducting a business out here, and I'm being harassed. I said, there were many other people taking pictures. I didn't seem to interrogate them. But, you know. Yeah. I, I literally have had this. I was on the beach, and I had uh, a, per, a model standing here I'm taking a picture of, getting a face shot, and someone literally walked between us as I'm shooting. And we were not even four feet apart, and they walked right between us. I had to say something. I'm sorry. People, I could yeah. not say nothing on that. I'm like, oh, yo, man, what's up? Yeah. And then they act like they didn't hear me. I'm like, no, you're going to hear me. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. That's personal. You're just doing that on purpose. I had a, uh, I was doing a, I was down at Sunset Beach doing a sunrise shoot on these rocks coming up, and the sun was coming up behind me, right? And so it was looking cool in the clouds. Had the camera set up, and the guy goes and stands right in front of me. And so I'm honestly waiting there about 45 minutes for the light to get right. And he just stands there, and so I, at first I was like, <clears throat> I'm like, yo, man. And he turned around, and I'm like, really? In front of me? And he looks back, and he just stood there. I'm like, no. <laughs> Come on, now, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you obviously, I'm the only one here, you see this camera. What? Why in front of me? And then he moved on finally. I've been fortunate enough not to have that, but I have that on the bike trail a lot oh, without yeah, the camera. Terrible, Do you yeah. get that? Yeah. I almost ran over a kid. Not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, I almost got him. There's there a family coming up on my left. There's a little bridge. I don't know if you've been to the Upper Tampa Bay Trail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's like that three-way split. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up. I just knew this kid was going to do something. <laughs> He's just like looks back over his shoulder you know i'm trying to get some decent speed yeah and he just starts out right in front of me i swerve to the left and you know i would never normally curse at a kid but it just came out (laughs) it just shut out um, like like, you gotta watch where you're going i almost turned around and told the mom like you gotta pay attention to your kids oh yeah it's bad you know since the this pandemic started and I, i give credit to families there are so many more families on the trail right now and that's yeah. good. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, but a lot of them have never been on there, and they don't understand they're not the only ones on there. And so some of us have been riding that trail for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, and so, it, like, you get to riding your bike, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, it's a family spread out eight feet apart, yeah. you know, and they're taking up the whole trail. And I'm like, this uh, guy has stopped. His bike is on the kickstand halfway in the trail. In the, yeah. And he's just talking to taking his buddy. Space. I look back. What? Taking up space. <laughs> what are you doing? I get so mad on the bike. Like, yeah, you it, know what? I, I don't really get angry. I got yelled at last weekend on the Courtney Cannonball by a lady. She cut in front of us, and we we were going pretty fast. But she was it was three it was two people and her, and so we were kind. I we even yelled out we're like, "Are on your left!" And as soon as we did, she cut in front of us. Yep. And it caused my friend to go off the road because he almost hit her. And she turns and yells at me and says she has the right to be on that road as well. And I said, "I agree. You you have the right. I'm not arguing with that. But you don't have the right to hurt people. Like you saw what you did." You did that intentionally to prove a point. And so what if you had caused this person to be injured? That That's stupid. Yeah, this whole on-your-left thing, people just don't get it sometimes. No. Um, well, we really went off on a tangent there, but I don't know. I guess that's a good place to end things. Um, where can people find your work? Um, ShandyGregPhotography.com or ShandyGregPhotography on Facebook. I also have Shots by Shandy, which is my real estate side of okay. it, I on Facebook and Instagram as well. And um, it's pretty much the main places. Okay, and then they Google. just hit you up on there to see. Yeah, please your do. Prices. Yeah. 
All right, love cool. to. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, I'm sure you noticed that one was a little bit longer than the previous podcast that you've heard. I'm getting into more of a flow, and they're kind of I'm cutting them down a little more too. Um, let me know if you like the length of that, or if you'd prefer them to be at the 20 minute, 30 minute mark. Be sure to check out all the links in the show notes below so that you can get notified for any updates. You can see our work. And again, be sure to follow our Instagram at Photographer's Journey Podcast to see the video versions or subscribe on YouTube, Red Focus Entertainment. And on the YouTube, you'll get to see more videos, tutorials, B-roll segments, stuff like that. And lastly, if you would like to share your story on this podcast or if you know any sto- anybody with a story that you would like to share, please let me know. I'm always looking for new people. Love to hear your story or possibly somebody else's story. So, yeah, thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one.